Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, and also the CEO and founder of Church Boom. Today, you get to be a part of a live coaching session with a pastor who's facing the same type of struggles and concerns that you're facing. If you enjoy today's podcast, make sure to give us a like, a share, or a subscribe. It's a joy today to sit down with my good friend, Derek Owen. I've been coaching him for years. And today we're talking about how to deal with conflict in ministry, which we all deal with. I hope you enjoy the coaching conversation. But how's everything going, man? We'll jump into it. How's everything going for man, you? Things are really going well. They really are. Good. Uh, we're, good. we're doing good. Church Church is good. Church is, you know, it's weird since COVID, you know, kind of coming back and everybody kind of getting in a groove and. It's yeah. been a it's been a strange season, but things are going good, man. We have people saved every week. Uh, wow, our, our love it, program, love it. Really getting them into the life of the church. It's probably better right yeah. now than it's ever been, and so so good. Things are just they're going well. Things are, yeah. that's awesome. Well, that's awesome, man. You're doing an incredible job. And uh, for those that are checking out the podcast, this is my man, Derek. He is in Tucumcari, New Mexico. And, uh, oh, no, it's uh, if you ever go there, there's a motel there that has color TV. Right. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> they're, we, they're upgrading. We got current, right? We got current. <laughs> we got current. That's right. It's amazing. Anyway, man, how can I serve you today? What's on your mind? Oh, Chris, I just, I, I appreciate your willingness to be able to walk through some things with us and for a long time, we've been connected, and I thought I'd I thought I'd throw a few things at you today. Um, you know, we're creating authentic teammates; those those close mm. connections that we we've had a lot of people that have been close to us over the years that are in the church, and we want we want to just we want that to be beneficial both ways. You know, we we never want to mm. use people. <laughs> we, right. We, we use right. things, not people. Right. So we don't want to use people, but. Along the journey, we, we need things out of people. We need them to serve. We need them to be a, a part. And we, we just, when, when things get tough, like when there's, when, there's, when there's difficulty, when there's difference of opinion, you know, just, man, help, mm. me, help me walk through that um, in a way mm. that's productive for both, both of us. You know? And so you're, just so I'm understanding it clearly, you're talking about Derek. Hey, we're in the ministry. We've got some key leaders. Uh, is that what you're yes, saying? And then, yes. but when we walk through difficulty, yeah. uh, is that now when you're talking about walking through difficulty, you're talking about walking through difficulty with them mm. as leaders or with a subject in the church? Probably more with them as leaders, you know, mm. um, hmm. just walking through some things in their personal life as we disciple them or, you know, trying to, trying to take them to that next level also, you know, and you, yeah. you bring some correction or you bring a challenge or, and, you know, we do it, we do it obviously very kindly, pull them aside one-on-one. We do all the appropriate steps, but it seems like in the last couple of years, especially, um, normally when that happens, there's some distance right away and we, we've yeah. noticed some pushback and, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I've never experienced yeah. that really before. We've been able to navigate it, but suddenly it's more of an issue. So yeah. Well, you know, I think there's a few things to consider, Derek. One is um, you may have, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, you may have unintentionally somewhere in the relationship, you've confused friendship and leadership. Uh, one thing I always say is when you put friendship in front of leadership, you're going to get hurt uh, because they, 
when you end up just friendship causes us to maybe delay things. I'm not saying you did that. Yep. It causes us to delay conversation, causes us to put off conversations, causes us to avoid conversations. And then it gets so big that we have the conversation, then they don't receive it well because they're not receiving it from their leader. They're receiving it from their friend. And, and when you're receiving it from your friend, it's receiving it from an equal. Uh, when it's receiving it from a leader, you're receiving it from someone that is above uh, in authority, spiritual authority. So I think sometimes that can happen. Uh, and I've talked about that quite a bit. I, I think that's such an important thing to remember uh, that you have to choose leadership over friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people don't like that. And sure. a lot of people that sounds... That sounds, I don't know, just doesn't sound good or right, but it is right. Uh, And it doesn't mean that you're not friends with them. But you also have to make sure that you understand the leadership place with them. You have to understand that, but they have to understand that as well. And that might be in a situation where they're not not really understanding that. I I think that's Uh, right. I think there's two things that you said. I think think sometimes we have allowed things to go too far, too long without saying something hoping that we'd see the change or the turn and, and it just not be the case. And then the other thing is, is that it, it is, it's when, when you're almost too close, you know, that uh, it's hard to bring connection, yeah. that, that balance between leadership and friendship. I think that's really, right. really, really good. How do I, and, help, yeah, you ha- how do I help yeah. my, my leaders, my staff, how do I help yeah. them see that with people that, that they're trying to lead? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, uh, one, you're going to have to see it in yourself. Okay. You know, uh, one thing I always say is a leader's got to define reality and they have to take responsibility. Yeah. Uh, they got to define reality, take responsibility. You got to take that in yourself. You got to operate that inside of yourself. But then I think you have to start teaching that with your team as well. Guys, there is, there's a difference where you're able to be the person's friend, but then also you're able to lead. Yeah. Uh, and so the relationship is this, and then it becomes this. It's almost like, uh, you know, there, there's, it, it's interesting because when you parent, you know, uh, you parent, this is you, you parent a lot this way, you know, it's yeah. like they're eight year old and they're learning yeah. they're 10 year old and they're learning. At some point you start parenting this way. You become more of a friend that they listen to. And that happens in parenting. What happens in leadership is we end up with this and we lose this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to realize that there is a, you want to be friends with the people you're doing ministry with. Of course oh, you yeah. do. But yet on the other hand, you have to be able to lead them. And I think that your team needs to understand that. Well, guys, um, we have to be able to recognize the early signs of drifting or problem Mm. and address it early. Very similar to the book that I wrote, Saving Your Church from Itself. Mm -hmm. The whole point is read read the signs early of drifting. When you see the problem in June, you don't wait until November to have the conversation. You have the conversation when you see the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that is part of that Matthew 18 principle you and I have talked about many times. Getting your key leaders to say, "Hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna live by the Matthew eighteen principle, and we're not putting off stuff. Now we're gonna be mean or rude. We're gonna do it right, but we're not gonna put off stuff for months and months. the The longer they put it off, um, the worse it's going to get. And then, uh, so that's problem number one. And then if they don't recognize the the that there's friendship, but there's also leadership. Uh, and I think your your team has to recognize that or you're going to, uh, one thing I always say is that, 
um, you have to have candor and you have to have care. But if you have one without the other, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, that's uh, can, can, if, if you have candor without care, you'll always have distance. If you have men, you know, so you take a leader. It's like, I got no problem having the honest conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'll say whatever I need it's to dangerous. say. You got those people like that in your life. That's candor. They don't have much care. So what they'll have with their team is distance. No one wants to be around sure. them because there's too much candor. If you have care where it's like, man, we're friends. We hang out. I'm there for them. I love them. I love them. I love them. But we don't have any candor. We have the care, but we don't have the candor. You'll have dysfunction. Mm, that's good. And it, it'll be dysfunctional. Because it's all based on, we're just friends, but there's no honesty. There's no leadership. There's no leading. So you, you, if you have the care without the candor, problem. If you have, uh, you're going to have a dysfunction. But if you have care and candor together, which is so important, yeah, is. that'll always equal development. That's good. It's a developing relationship that's healthy. That's important for you. It's important for you to teach your team. Absolutely, yeah. Because my team right now, the leaders, and and I'm so proud, man. We've, we've, done, we've done a really good job over the last couple of years really getting leaders around us to, to lead their departments or whatever the case is for a long time we, we kind of solo led everything we had our hands in everything every conversation was ours and, and that, that just wasn't healthy and uh and yeah. how things have progressed it's, just, it's so good but but continuing to be reminded to to, to teach those things to our leaders it's yeah. huge because now what i'm what i'm having i actually had a meeting sunday where had some some people come to me and said, "Hey, in this one area, you know, this is what I'm this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm and 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 so I had to go to that leader and say, "Hey, this is what's going on." And they said, "Well, why why aren't they coming to me? You know, why are they still mm. going to you?" And and I, and I think right. some of that is is the issue is I just haven't taught them yet to to open those doors of conversation and to allow them to come to them as the leader. We've positioned them, but maybe I need to take it another step. Mm, that's good. That's good that you're recognizing that. And it's good for their development, too, as leaders mm -hmm. to have that from you. You're recognizing it. Now you got to teach them and train yeah. them. Like, hey, here's here's what we're looking for. Give them that recipe, care and candor, candor and care. They both have to be together. Otherwise, you're going to have distance or dysfunction. Yeah, that's, that's really uh, good. And they, they, you know, a lot of people will... And I think it's important, just a little side note too, Derek, that you're able to say, if someone, you know, maybe you're teaching your leaders or maybe having a one-on-one -on -one with a leader that you're teaching them how to do this. If there's any pushback, not in a negative way, you might want to circle in on that. Like, what is it in you that you find it difficult to address the conversation? Okay. Why, is there a reason, can you help me understand the reason um, that you avoid conflict, like those kind of statements I think need to happen because most people, it's going to be the avoidance of conflict. Mm -hmm. They don't want it. Sure. And, you know, if you have 10 leaders in a room, you know, two of them don't mind conflict and they look forward to it too much. <laughs> <laughs> You've had to those people. Yeah. Uh, and then, then there's a couple that, you know, whatever, but there's always four or five. There's always a good amount of people that, they're just like, I don't want to deal with the conflict. I don't want to yeah. uh, handle. And that is, uh, um, this is a bold statement, so you got to be careful how you say it. But when you say, I don't want to deal with the conflict, mm -hmm. it isn't because I don't want to make them uncomfortable and I don't want it, you know, it to be odd and I don't want it to be friction and all the other things that the conflict creates. 
here's a little statement to tuck away in the back of your mind that when you when when you're unwilling to do that, it is an extremely selfish motive. Yeah. And and people are like, what do you mean it's selfish? I just don't want conflict. Okay, so here's here's what I understand. Because you don't want to be uncomfortable. Yes. Because you don't want to be put in a place of tension. Because you want to save yourself from that feeling, you'll sacrifice the health of the organization and the health of that person. Yeah. Because you are uncomfortable with it. It really is. People don't realize it, but the avoidance of conflict is driven, one of the characteristics is driven by selfishness because I don't want to be uncomfortable because mm. I don't want to feel that way. We're not going to have this conversation and make the church healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of the more difficult things in leadership is to, to be able to navigate conflict in, yeah. in, a, in a good way. And, and not yeah. beat people up in the process and, and, and not, yes, not be overwhelmed in the process too, where you're, you're just destroyed, right. and, you know, emotionally having to navigate it. That's part of probably being an emotionally healthy person, but um, leaders have to do a conflict. It's part of it. Oh my gosh. There's, yeah. If, if you avoid conflict, you're, you're driving, you're driving towards an, an incredible amount of artificial harmony. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yep. You'll have that. So, yeah. What else can I help awesome. you with, man? What's else on your mind? Well, a question that I actually asked my wife. I was like, hey, uh, I would love for you to, to help me throw a question to, to Pastor Chris. And, and one of the things that she said, and, and, and over the two years that, you know, from COVID, I think a lot of churches have dealt with this. But, you know, when do we let go? You know, part of what COVID did is kind of, <laughs> it kind of defined who's really with you, you know, who's really here uh, authentically. But man, when, when do you let go? When do you, how do you, and how, how do you process that emotionally? I mean, I've been at this now for almost 25 years, you know, and I'm, I'm still struggling with, uh, but their family, yeah. you know, I've poured my life into them. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. We want to serve them. They're, they're on a prayer card that I keep, you know, that I'm, I'm praying for them all the time, but, but they've invested almost nothing in months. <laughs> right. They're, they're not, yep. So how do we do that? And, when when they've clearly left, but you can't stop thinking about it. What do you do? Yep. Yeah, boy. You know, that, I think that uh, that's a lot like parenting. You know, um, you know, at, at some point, do you let them figure it out on their own? You know, it's you know, if they're ten years old, that's one thing. But when you're when you're still a parent and they're thirty years old, there's times where they got to figure it out on their own. Yeah. You still love them, figure it out on their own. I, I'm, I'm, my mind goes to Luke 15, three parables, the lost coin, the lost sheep, mm -hmm. and the lost son. It's interesting, Derek, that in, in two of the three parables, there's three parables in that story, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. The lost coin and the lost sheep, they were sought after. Yeah. We're going to go after you. So we're going to tear the house upside down to find the lost coin. We're going to leave the 99 to find the one, the lost sheep. So we, the shepherd in the lost sheep especially, is going to go out and find them. Interestingly, the third parable, the father deemed, now watch this, the father deemed it wiser not to leave his house and to wait for his son to come back to wow. him. It's true. The difference in, literally in one chapter, the shepherd goes after the sheep, and in the very next parable, the shepherd, the master, the father stays and says, no, I'll just wait at the end of the road for them to come back. Yeah. And I somewhere, and I think, honestly, I think we're there uh, at COVID. It's like, 
okay, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. It doesn't mean I don't love them anymore. doesn't mean I don't, you know, care for them anymore. I'm going to pray for them anymore. Yeah. I'm sure in the heck, I'm, I'm not going to be focused on them. I'm not putting all my energy and phone calls and emails oh. and texts to that group anymore. I'm moving on. Now I'm taking the position of the lost son where I, Derek and Gail, the shepherd, we're going to stand at the edge of the road and we're waiting for you to come back. Yeah. And there's, there's a difference in those two, all three parables, but that difference is in that one out of the three parables, he deemed it wiser to stay home and to wait. And I think that's where we're at. I do too. I, I really do too. I, it's just been a, it's been a struggle probably between myself and, and my wife, knowing that there's people out there that seemingly they still probably call this their home. Right. Right. But yet right. we don't feel like we have a, a pastoral place in their life simply because they've they've walked away for so long now. There's distance right. that's created that separation. And that's 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 a struggle. So it is. It is. And uh, uh, I wish you know, you still right. <laughs> oh, my I gosh. I we really do care. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I think, you know, you you. You, you you don't want to be a you want to be a blessing not a burden, yes. uh, and you want to just hey you know what we're not going to text them all the time we're just going to text them once in a while no doubt and in that parable I think it's important you know, communicate with your wife as well that the father deemed it wiser or the shepherd if you want to call him the father deemed it wiser to stand on the other road and wait for them to come back there is a point mm. where that's the wiser move. Clearly in the parables, yes. that's what defined the difference. The other thing was, what did he wait for? Unfortunately, he waited for a pivotal point in the son's life where tragedy struck yeah. and tragedy brought him home. Yeah. That's probably what will happen with some of the people that have not returned. Yeah. Tragedy will bring them Those home. Moments it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, we don't want no. that. But it was it was tragedy that drove the son sure home. It was. And tragedy will drive them home. Ugh. They're, it's not going to drive them to the Kiwanis Club. No. It's going to drive them to your church. Absolutely. And, and it will. Yeah, the day will will. come. And you'll be there on mm-hmm. the edge of the road waiting for them to come back and hug them when they return. Well, just like the parents. We love them. We miss them. We want them here. Yeah. We want to be pouring into their family, their lives. But it seems of like course. other things have got their attention. And we, and we the hope truth. that tragedy doesn't have to be the thing. But if that's it, I guess we'll be here when they return. <laughs> we don't want that, no. but I think there is uh, a lot of wisdom in those three parables when you start separating them out yeah. and see the responses that are different. Uh-huh. Uh, and you also see in the response where the father waited, what had to happen. Mm. And we don't want that to happen, but the father knew. Oh, yeah. You know what? He ain't coming back. And I can yeah. go hunt him down, but man, he's got money in his pocket and he's enjoying life. But the day will come where he thinks of me. Yes. And he'll come home. And I think that's where, you know, two years have passed. And I mean, enough time has passed oh, that yeah. we're on to that parable now. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we're not on the 99 to find the one. We're on the, okay, well, we tried to find you. You didn't come back. We're here when you want to come back. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. And it's unfortunate. That's good. We just, but it's the truth. We just got to remind ourselves of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't beat do. ourselves up over the head <laughs> awesome, yeah that's true that's true what else you got anything else you want to talk about today yeah, let's, let's hit one more let's say uh so yeah. i mean teams we we have so many people serving on teams right now 
Um, literally, we have close to a 50% of the people that attend our services serving on some sort of team. So, wow. so the leads, the team leads, that that's the, the connection with them is going good. But I would like to, to see them take more ownership in, in that. And, um, and, and because what right now what we're doing is we're, we're kind of having to continue to stay on top of them, to, to continue to facilitate that connection with, with so many people. And, that, and I, I told somebody recently, I'm like, we might have too many people on teams. <laughs> That's, no, no pastor says yeah. that, but, but it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to, at this point right now, to keep our leaders really engaged with their team because it's, it's almost like when a small group's gotten too big, you know, it's, it's hard yep. to manage. So what are some thoughts there? Yep. Yeah. And you're talking about how, just so I'm clear, are you talking about how, how to take care of that team? Really? Or how to leaders, take care of those volunteers? How, how to encourage them to take care of their teams um, at, a, right. at a higher level rather than just, oh, yeah. you know, well, we've scheduled them. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. For, yep. Like, yep. Yep. The difference between a manager and a that's it. We've talked about that before. Yep, yep. Yeah, we got a bunch of we got a bunch of managers with leadership titles. Um, I think it's important. Two things. One, you're gonna have to start changing the yard markers in the game. Okay. And you're gonna if you just say to people, "Take care of your team better." What does that mean? Uh, they're gonna interpret that totally different. Yeah. Uh, you need to love your team more. You need to connect with them more. What does that mean? If you don't start saying, "Look, here's what I'm expecting." monthly mm. or quarterly yeah. or, or weekly. Look, here's what I expect every two weeks, every four weeks, every 12 weeks, or whatever it is that you want to do, whatever rhythm you want to do, yeah. Derek, if you don't get clear, like, Hey, this is what we need to do. Okay. Once every four months or five months, get together as a team, whatever. Mm -hmm. Once every month, call them and just see how they're doing. Once every quarter, send them a handwritten note. Like something's got to be whatever you guys feel comfortable with. Yeah. But you have to lay out the rhythm of touch points. Yeah, right now we've been doing because quarters. if you, <clears throat> so we, but we may. I'm sorry. We may be, we we've been doing quarters. Every quarter, we're encouraging that. That's connection. great. We might need to move that a little closer together, so not allow quite as much time, so that there's more familiarity in and how often they're together. I don't know. Right. And the, well, and the touch points can be different, uh -huh. you know, one can be a text, one can be a phone call, one can be, uh, you know, a, a group barbecue or whatever. I mean, you can, you can have it different mm -hmm. the entire time, whatever you want to do. Like, here's what I, what we want monthly, or here's what we want every two weeks, every four weeks, and then every four months or however you want to like do the equation, okay. but come up with the touch points. I would do the in-person ones about three times a year. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, where it's like, hey, as a head usher, it would be great if you got all your team together yeah. two or three times a year, however you do that. But the touch points need to be at least every two to four weeks. You know, I wouldn't say any farther than four weeks. Okay. Um, you know, maybe it's here's what we do monthly. Here's what we do quarterly. Here's what we do twice a yeah. year or something like that. But you, you got to lay that out because if you expect them to figure that out on their own, they're going to interpret it. It's like telling four teenagers all four different teenagers in four different homes. Be home early. Well, <laughs> what's early to this kid? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Is that 10? Is that 12? Is that 2? Yeah. You know, it's like totally different of what be home early means. Uh -huh. Well, I think it's the same thing here. It's like, ah, oh, just have some touch points. 
What does that mean? Okay. So you're going to have to change the yard markers right now. Find that. And you'll probably get a little bit of pushback. Okay. But once the yard markers are established, any new leaders that join will just automatically adapt to the yard markers because they don't know any different. Yeah. Yep. When you change yard markers, that's when you get pushback. Okay. Once you establish yard markers, anybody that joins in just accepts it the way it is. That's good. So just know you're going to get pushback anytime you change yard markers. But you won't get pushback in future leaders. Okay. All right. Because they'll adapt to what already is put into place. But you you got to get real clear. Here's what we expect. Here's what we're looking for. And then, of course, you got to figure out what your rhythm of accountability is. Like, how do I actually know they're doing this? Yeah. Uh, who's running around making sure that this is actually happening? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a way that is not really high maintenance, but in a way that does have accountability. Because you can put out a little document. And if nobody does it, who cares? Sure. Uh, but they got to do it. Yes. And I love that you're thinking about that because that helps as the church grows. Uh-huh. And let's Joe and Joe and Jessica join your church six months from now. They get in your church. They become greeters. They love it. Yay. But when they become greeters, now they become greeters in a tribe. Mm in a family mm-hmm. where there's constant touch points and there's barbecues and relationship. Yep. You create that with all of your serve teams, you'll find your church will get a lot stickier for new people. That's good. That's good. Yeah. A lot stickier with new people. Create, have your lead teams create the feeling of tribe. And what will happen again is new people, man, they will stick a lot longer because they're not just joining some team that sends out a monthly schedule. Yeah. Like that's not relationship. No, not at all. Uh, that's just but else now, I have but to view, you know, yeah, and see, they'll think they're Joe and Jessica, whoever we call yeah. them. They'll think they're joining up for the greeting team. Uh, they're actually joining up uh, for tribe and relationship. They just don't know. Absolutely, it. no question. And that's the beauty of yes. it. When you can get that, when you can get to that point, dude, you will find an immediate amount of sticky. There's a church that I feel. Um, <clears throat> I won't say the name or even where they're at, but they got a lot to work on. Okay. <laughs> uh, but but I'll tell you one thing I coached them on, and they just did really well with it. They got everybody feeling like tribes, and they engaged people really fast. So they took new people, got them engaged, but they were engaged in relationship. Yeah. There's all these other components oh, yeah. that are like eh, the worship and the, the you know, yeah. there's other things that are – and, bro – they have gone from about 120 to 330, wow. 350. And, and I'm like, man, it would be great if they worked on these other things because <laughs> that would really grow. Yeah. But they have just done a stellar job of getting new people involved quickly, mm-hmm. but they're involving them in community, tribe, and relationship. They've done, they just have worked on that, and that alone has almost tripled their church in 16 That's months. That's incredible. And that's all they've done. That's the big change they've made. So you're on the right track. Just apply it, man, and watch what happens. Like drive it home and it will work. I'm telling you, drive it home. So it's good. Well, dude, man, it's always good hanging out with you. Yeah. Always good seeing you. And thanks so much for uh, stopping in and hanging out with us today. And uh, man, keep up the amazing work and tell that incredible family. I said, hello. Thank you so much, Pastor Chris. Thanks for everything, man. See you.